1: Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Note to Self. This is Peyton Sarton here. Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode. If you're new here, hi, hello, welcome to Note to Self. Today's episode is really exciting. I am having someone on to talk about hormone regulation, which is something I'm really working on in this next decade of my life, just because I do eventually want to have children and all of those things. So getting things like into order has been a big part of my health journey in the last year or so, especially as someone with someone who has been diagnosed with PCOS. So I'm really excited to talk to Lauren about that in this episode. I think you'll are really, really going to love this one. We're talking about this, the nitty gritty tools to use for hormone regulation for everyone across the board. And then we're talking about some like morning routine stuff, nighttime routine stuff. We're getting really granular, which is something that I like to do here on Note to Self rather than just talk about things theoretically. We're going to really talk about how to apply that to your life. But before we start with all of that, let's give a little life update. So I'm actually pre-recording this episode. Y'all know I'm trying to get a little bit ahead here because I am moving next month, about a month from literally today that I'm recording this. So I'm trying to get like my life together because I think I'm what I'm going to do is end up flying back to Los Angeles or going to New York for episodes and essentially batch recording as much as possible, maybe recording episode or like updates or whatever life update segments at home in Milwaukee <laughs> when that's my home, which by the way, we just signed the lease for our apartment. I'm actually really excited about this apartment. Okay. Like I did say I wanted to save money in 2024 and the universe hit me with the Milwaukee move. Let me tell you, I am saving money. I really am. I'm getting my life set up there. I feel like my everything's just going to be very organized and this is also going to be great for my work-life balance in theory. Okay, I don't know how this is going to work in practice, but I think there's something about being able to live and like do my day-to-day somewhere, do my administrative work, obviously still share my life while I'm there, but With the amount that I'm going to be traveling, let's say back to Los Angeles for work and like bash getting everything done. Like I might even get like my hair and makeup done for podcast recordings, which y'all know if you've been here for a hot second, that is a big one. We're getting fancy over here. I think it's fun. It'd be fun to like elevate a little bit the experience for the podcast because typically I'm really spoiled here when I live here in LA because I can kind of just do things last minute and on the fly. And I feel like living elsewhere is gonna be really helpful for me. Another thing I'm really excited about is to add like game day style and game day experience back into my content just because baseball season's starting. I went to a number of football games and stuff, but baseball style is truly my favorite. I think there's it, it exists somewhere in the middle of like glamorous NFL and NBA style and then like my friends who date tennis players, golfers, things like that. It's like in the middle of the two. So I'm really excited for that. I do have my Canva boards already prepped for my baseball style. And I think it's pretty great. Also, I have a list of all the places I'm going to visit, the teams that I would like to go watch Joe play. And on that list, I have the best food at each ballpark, which I'm really excited to try. So I've got some plans. I've got some plans cooking for baseball season. So I hope you guys stay around. Sports have always been, I've ve- I've lived very sports adjacent in my life. And I think that Dating Joe has shown me a new appreciation for baseball specifically because my family works in baseball. My sister played softball my whole life. My brother plays baseball still. He's about to play in college here pretty soon, which is so weird to say. He's my baby brother. But I've always been adjacent to it in a way that makes me annoyed in a way that I was always like, I will never date a baseball player as long as I shall live like I cannot stand them. And then when I started dating Joe, my family, I mean, the telling my family that he was a baseball player was an interesting experience because they were all like, what does he do? Can you say that a little louder? What does he do? And I'm like, fuck, fuck. I'm going back on everything I stood for because I'm obsessed with him, obviously. But anyway, I've always lived very adjacent to it and watching him on the back end, I just really respect the experience a lot. And I also am really proud of him. So I'm excited to show that side in content again. And it's not going to be all baseball related. Like I'm not switching gears here, but I do record and share and express on the internet, my thoughts and feelings and everything about my life. So like when things change, that's what I'm going to integrate into the content. I'm not going to keep it. It's just not going to stay the same always. Like when I live in LA, I talk about my life in Los Angeles and I'm actually love my life in Los Angeles, but I also loved my life in DC when I lived there. And I talked about DC. Great. I think that what I've learned so far, what I've gleaned from my research is that the Midwest is going to be great for the summertime and we'll see. I'm going to give it a go. We're going to see how it goes. It's only six months that we'll be living there. And then we'll figure out what we're doing after. I talked to my friend Summer last week. If y'all were on that, listening to that episode, we talked about life in Scottsdale because that could be a move for us should things go to plan. So there's a lot changing and I'm excited to bring you guys along for the ride because it's important to me, like I said, not to really, I don't want to live to create content. I want to create content about how I live. So if I take detours, if my content changes, it's because my life has changed. It's not I don't need to keep things the same all the time. And I like when other influencers do that, though, that some of the critiques I get are kind of like, oh, well, your content's all about this now. Your content's all about this now. I used to be this way. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And then I changed because my life changed. I've been sharing my life on the Internet since I was 22. I am 30. Like, I would hope to fuck my life changed. Do you know what I mean? So I'm always going to be a person that's going to kind of share what's happening in my life then. And when baseball season starts, a lot of my life is lived baseball adjacent. So some of that will be shared. But if you need a game day outfit idea... Let me tell you, I've got one for you. I'm working on that. And I feel like it's such a fun pillar because everyone needs that. Whether you're going to sports with your game, if you're going to a game with your friends, if you're going on a date, if you're going with your family, you want to look cute. Everyone wants to look cute at a game. And what better place to look cute than a game? I feel like that's just such fun style. So I cannot wait to start touching on that. There's my big spiel about that. All right. So let's talk about Content Corner real quick. I have followed some new people on TikTok, new to me. These people obviously are killing it on social media. We haven't done content corn in a second. So let me pull this up real quick. Okay, so I started following on TikTok at Legally Healthy Blonde. Her name is Emily Eggers. She It says she's a New York City recipe developer. I love following foodie people on social media. So she's one of my favorites right now to follow for food. And then I started following... Mada Mada. I actually do not know how to pronounce her name, but it's M-A-D-A. And then her at is Mada M-A-D-A G-R-A-V-I-E-T. She is a mother from what I'm gathering. And I just think she's kind of fun and funny to follow. Like, I just really like her. I like her energy. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. So loving her. And then lastly, actually, I have two more for you. Do I have two more? Oh, I have one more for you. Her name is Sydney Schiffer. And she does a lot of beauty stuff on TikTok. I feel like the one I saw of her was like basically how to be hot with the least amount of effort possible. Big fan of that one. So I'm loving her makeup stuff. She's also just absolutely stunning and I love her energy as well. So those are three new people that I'm following specifically on TikTok. You'll know I love my my TikTok. And I'm going to give myself just before we start the episode a note to myself this this week. Okay, my note to sell for this week is it's okay to stay inside. I've been trying to leave my apartment. I sign a lease and then I want to be out of my apartment. Given. I live in Los Angeles. I pay a lot of money in rent. And the point of paying a lot of money in rent to live in a city like LA, New York, places like this. It's to utilize the city. So that's one thing. that I, I'm giving myself some grace. But I don't generally like to spend a ton of time at home if I don't have to and like it's either I'm like laying horizontal at home or I want to be outside of my apartment now my life has gone to shit inside of my apartment my apartment has gone to shit it is constantly dirty I'm constantly organizing I mean Winnie lives in there a dog you know how that goes so I need to just stay inside this is me talking to me stay inside and fucking figure out your apartment stuff okay organize throw stuff in the trash, get rid of things. I need to do that gearing up for this move anyway. So I just need to like, that needs to be my goal for the week instead of like going to lunch with my friend. Even though in the, my last month here in LA, like living here, I do want to get everything done at once, but like, I'll be back. I'm, I don't need to act like this is the last I'm ever going to be here. If I ever miss Los Angeles, I'm going to get on a plane and come to Los Angeles. So I need to get that through my thick skull because I am really prioritizing fun over like, boring organization stuff that, like, needs to happen or else I'm going to be so stressed like the second the move comes. I think my moving day is the 21st of March. (sighs) I still need to do a lot of organizing for that. I need to get my car out. It's just going to be a whole thing. I'm really stressed. So I need to relax, stay inside. Relax and stay inside. That's my goal for this week. Note to Self is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I have a quick question. And I'm asking myself this. Obviously, it's note to self. I'm going to ask myself, what's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? For me, I think I would add some time onto my morning and nighttime rituals, routines. It honestly would change my life. I can't even think about it because that sounds so nice. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I have a big a big proponent for therapy throughout my 20s in particular because therapy has changed my life. Having a good therapist who understands you, who understands how to get you to understand yourself better, to understand your triggers, to understand you know, your priorities, as we're discussing here, it makes your life so much more simple and seemingly more manageable. In my opinion, at least I have been going to therapy since I was 19 years old and it has absolutely changed my life experience when it comes to, let's say, managing stress, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to The ability to understand when I'm a little bit overwhelmed and maybe need to back off when it comes to getting very specific about the things that I find important. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So BetterHelp is really helpful for me because it allows me to take control of therapy within my schedule. All you're going to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I do believe therapies like dating. So this is a great way to find the therapist that's right for you. And I'm so glad that BetterHelp does this. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash note to self today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. This is a wonderful sponsor for my 2024 foray and to taking control of my finances because we all know hot girls take control of their finances, period, the end. That is something really important to me specifically because it helps me with my stress levels and it helps overall and it's really nice to have things organized. So if you're like me, you might be like me, you might feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it is going. That's, I mean, story of my life. Well, I know now because it's a lot, a lot for me, a lot of subscriptions. So if you think about it between streaming services, fitness app, delivery services, parenting apps, health apps, etc., dog apps... for me now. It's endless. I'm so guilty of having a number of subscriptions. I'll start the free trial. I'll never cancel. It's a problem. So I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on. And it was very eye opening. And I had them cancel the ones that I did not want anymore. So Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with just a click. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They will even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. All right. So today we are going to be talking to Lauren Papanos. She's a registered dietitian, functional hormone specialist, and published hormone researcher. She has supported thousands of ambitious women as they go from frustrated to thriving through individualized solutions for hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, PCOS, and other hormonal imbalances. She has been featured in Shape, Insider, Forbes, ClassPass, PopSugar, so many different places. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. So, without further ado, let's welcome Lauren onto Note to Self. All right, y'all. I am sitting here with Lauren Papanos. Yes. Yeah, I was <laughs> said it right. Nice <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the most nerve wracking part of this whole podcast. I listened to like three separate podcast episodes you were on just to hear the pronunciation of your name. So thank you so much for coming on, Lauren. Can you give like the audience a little intro to you if they don't know who you are?
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Mm -hmm. And yes, my name is Lauren and I am conventionally trained as a registered dietitian, went to school, got my bachelor's, master's degrees in nutritional sciences, and then went the formal like dietetics route to become a clinical registered dietitian. And then ultimately in my master's degree program, started to fall into functional medicine Mm -hmm. and started to really see healing as a way of identifying the root cause and then using food really as like the medicine to be able to support healing Mm -hmm. in addition to like lifestyle measures at the same time. But during that time, I was going through my own hormone issues and was dealing with something that's called hypothalamic amenorrhea that very similarly classifies as PCOS. It looks very similar to PCOS. So I had a lot of misdiagnoses that were happening and- Mm -hmm really was like this hormone mystery case. No one could quite figure me out. And so I felt like I really had to figure myself out Mm -hmm. and use a lot of my previous education to be able to do so. And then really dove into that further and further as I was trying to heal myself. And so my first career was in sports and I was doing research and looking at Women, young girls, really, that had hormone imbalances, especially things like a regular period, whether it was menorrhea or PCOS, and how that was influencing things like their bone density, so their risk Mm. for injury, and how nutrition played a role in that. And then from all that work, I just was so moved by how many people I was seeing were having issues with hormones and how it was impacting everything from their bone to their physical performance to like their performance in class Mm. and in work to their mood regulation, things like depression. And I just knew that with my own story and that work I was doing, I really couldn't go back to practicing with any other focus. Mm-hmm. And so then I opened up my private practice, Functional Fueling, and we specialize in working with endocrine conditions, women that particularly have things like hypothyroidism, amenorrhea, PCOS, or a lot of hormonal symptoms. Okay. That is, well, one, amazing. I didn't know the sports part.
1: Yeah. Because I definitely took it, obviously, look at the website. I listened to some episodes, but like that is so interesting that you got into this, like working with women in sports, because I was a gymnast for a long time and I noticed, really? Yeah. I was, when I was young, you Yeah, know, I like literally stopped. Your body like maxes out with that sport, like really <laughs> quickly, especially when you do it and you're like growing stages. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're like gymnast sized. Yes. You're yeah, petite. Yeah. I was too tall <laughs> to be a gymnast. <laughs> not was that <laughs> tall, but like I was so long and like just like bony and just like, it, so my joints... Yeah are fucked. Like, they're <laughs> literally so fucked. But when I was in gymnastics, I noticed a lot of girls because I was typically really young for our teams. Mm-hmm. And there were girls that were older me older than me and higher levels, you know, having a lot of issues with their period. At this point, I didn't even have mine. So yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember that happening. I remember being talked about in the gym a lot where girls were not getting their period because of the work, the strenuous way we worked out every single day. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting as like a entry point into all of this. And also as I'm, you know, progressing in my life as a woman, as a woman with PCOS mm-hmm. who was diagnosed with that, which I do want to talk about your story a little bit because I think there must be a lot of misdiagnoses because yeah. when I had questions about my diagnosis, I was given essentially no answers. They were saying you likely have PCOS because of these two symptoms, the te- high testosterone and irregular periods. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, okay, you obviously know more than me, doctor, but also like, could there be something else? Is there another option possibly? Am I being misdiagnosed? Because I'd like to get down to like the root causes of things because your health is incredibly important. Yeah. I just turned 30 and I feel like this decade, my health is really taking high priority, whereas in my 20s, not so much <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to get on top of things. But I think what you're saying about hormones really affecting, especially as women, every single thing In terms of our health and our day-to-day experience. I'm very groggy constantly. I'm always tired and I'm kind of just pushing through right now, but I'm like, I should probably go get this looked at knowing my symptoms and everything. So when you were being misdiagnosed, were you first diagnosed with PCOS? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the difference between what you
0: experience and PCOS? Yeah. So PCOS in itself is a syndrome, which basically is just a medical way of saying we don't really know. Okay. how this condition that's happens. what I
1: thought and I <laughs> wish a doctor would have just been like we don't really know but we're categorizing you here because yes. I'm like this is what it sounds like but you're not really using those words <laughs> yeah.
0: yes yeah there's a lot of Still, question boxes that are open. And we know that what happens in your mother's womb is potentially one of the parts that drives PCOS. Mm -hmm. And there's actually some metrics that can be looked at when you're a young girl. So when you're around the age of seven, they can look at something called adiponectin, which is a different hormone And that can actually indicate, do you have some of these markers of PCOS? Because PCOS isn't just a hormonal condition. It's also a metabolic condition. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this starts at a very young age. And then unfortunately, our society is a lot of it is that a lot of girls are put on birth control when they're at a young age, which shuts down your ovarian access to your brain. Mm -hmm. And then that really drives all of these hormonal imbalances from developing, Mm -hmm. right? But For me, I was initially diagnosed with PCOS because I think that that's a lot more common for doctors to see in their office than Mm -hmm. is amenorrhea. Okay. And they look very similar. So, so can you explain yeah.
1: PCOS? Sorry, I'm going to just jump in of here because I kind of forgot that some of the audience might, know, might not know yeah. exactly
0: what PCOS is. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, totally. So PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. Syndrome mm-hmm. meaning that it's a class of multiple different symptoms that are all grouped together. Mm-hmm. Every woman with PCOS may experience different types of symptoms. But the common drivers of PCOS are rooted in very similar components. And like you mentioned, High androgens, which testosterone is a hormone that falls into the class of androgens, Mm -hmm. is one of those. There's also another androgen that we make mainly from our adrenal glands that are located on top of our kidneys Mm -hmm. that's called DHEAS. Mm -hmm. And about 18% of women with PCOS, that's where their androgens are um, elevated, is from their DHEAS. There also generally is insulin resistance. About 70% of women with PCOS are insulin resistant, which means that there are Issues with bringing the sugar that is in your bloodstream into the cells in the body that mm-hmm. use it, and so there's some resistance to that hormone, and that's where the metabolic piece comes in. Because, as I mentioned, PCOS isn't just hormonal, where we see high androgens; it's also metabolic, which is mm-hmm. what's happening with that insulin hormone. Okay. Also, women with PCOS generally are going to have irregular cycles. So, what we call ligamentorrhea, where you have really long cycles, and mm-hmm. that's because when you are having a menstrual cycle with PCOS, essentially the body can't identify the follicle. So there's something that's called like follicular selection that happens where our ovaries have to figure out like which follicle is going to get developed here. Okay. And that's what precedes like ovulation. Mm-hmm. And so with PCOS, there's generally not ovulatory cycles and so then that continues to brew this hormonal imbalance where there's like these high androgen levels, mm-hmm. low progesterone levels, and that's why it increases things like acne, irregular cycles, and fertility all those symptoms that a lot of women with PCOS experience.
1: Yeah, I definitely have that. My issue was, and I'm like, I'm just like spew all my medical information <laughs> all over the internet, but I was noticing that I was having two periods mm. um, a month and my doctor was like, yeah, because you're not ovulating. So. Your body's trying to guess essentially when you're supposed to have your period, which I do worry about things like fertility in the future, somewhat near future for myself. Mm -hmm. But she was also telling me like, you know, there's some ways to go about it where you can essentially force your body to ovulate. There's medications you can take, Mm -hmm. things like that. Obviously, this is like very getting into like Western pharmaceuticals, but if I I have since been trying to learn how to deal with things naturally, mm-hmm. but let's go back to what you're experiencing because this might be really helpful for some other people who think they might have PCOS, but it's actually something else. So yeah. how did you get to the point where you one? I mean, did you go to the doctor? You got diagnosed with PCOS and you were just like, no, like, this is just not it. Did you go to your own research? I assume. Did you go see a specialist? Like, how did you figure out your particular experience?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I went to the doctor. They did, you know, an MRI of my brain to make sure that there wasn't any tumors on my pituitary gland, which mm-hmm. is one of the rule outs. You know, they did ultrasound of my ovaries, lab testing, all of that. Yeah. And she was just like, we don't really know what this is, but it seems like you have lean PCOS because that is one phenotype of PCOS mm-hmm. where some women are lean and they still deal with the hormonal metabolic condition. I think that's what I have. Yeah. Because I, I haven't. Assume- I have no, I do get breakouts and stuff like that
1: as well, but I don't have crazy acne. I'm not really losing hair Mm -hmm. and I haven't really gained a bunch of Mm -hmm. weight from this. So that's another thing when I say have PCOS, people are like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think I do. I think I do.
0: There's, well, and it's important to know that there's different types of PCOS, mm-hmm. and lean PCOS is one phenotype that's a little bit newer. Also, there's PCOS that isn't even driven from insulin resistance. So, like you might have, and commonly with lean PCOS, women have what's called PCOS I, which is PCOS inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And generally, it's rooted in things that are going on in the gut. We know that gut dysbiosis is a big driver of. PCOS. Sometimes it's the immune system where there's like autoimmunity of the thyroid like Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's driving the PCOS. Got it. So that's commonly what happens with lean PCOS, but not always. Everyone's, you know, hormonal profile looks a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was essentially just told that I had lean PCOS and So being that, you know, I was newly a dietitian, I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself on a blood sugar balancing diet. And I'm going to do all these things that I would treat someone that has classical PCOS with, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting better. And so things just weren't adding up. And that's Mm -hmm. when I really started to dive into more of the research and started to do more advanced training into diagnostic testing, because we're taught a little bit about labs in dietetic school, but it's not quite to the extent where I could really figure out what was going on at the root. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I really dove into that. And I realized, no, the pattern that I had hormonally was not PCOS. It was amenorrhea. And I needed to treat this almost the exact opposite in order for me to restore my cycle And so once Mm -hmm. I started doing that, then within about six months, my hormones came back online and I got my period back. And then it still was a couple year journey from there to Mm -hmm. really be able to clear like my acne and my digestive issues and my weight gain and all these other things that were happening. But that was really the catalyst was figuring out that, oh, I was actually misdiagnosed and that wasn't what was going on here at all. Okay, so what is what is the difference between the two? So with amenorrhea, generally it's a situation where the body is in a stress state and Mm -hmm. generally it comes from what we call low energy availability. So you are eating a lot less energy than your body's expending energy. Okay. There can be other contributing factors. Like if you had a recent great weight loss, that Mm -hmm. can be another trigger if you are also under a lot of psychological stress, if there's stress from infections in the body, Mm -hmm. those can all sum up the stress that our body experiences that can tell the brain essentially this is not a safe place to reproduce. Mm -hmm. And so the brain stops sending the hormones that are things like FSH and LH down to the ovaries to then have a normal menstrual cycle. Interesting. Yeah. And you can see this very clearly if you get the right lab testing done. Whereas like with amenorrhea, generally women have low insulin levels. They have low testosterone levels. They have Mm -hmm. low FSH, low LH levels. Mm -hmm. Whereas with PCOS, generally women have high insulin levels, Mm -hmm. high LH levels, high testosterone levels. So they look similar because the symptoms are similar. Mm -hmm. But if you actually dig into the testing, Mm -hmm. they're totally polar opposites. Okay. So when you're
1: talking about getting testing done, you're going to get testing done. Do you go to someone who who do you go to a naturopath like mm-hmm. wh- who are you getting testing from so like let's say someone in the audience wants to get te- like their blood tested yeah. i know that can be very expensive
0: mm-hmm. and it's all you know it's a, such an investment in yourself but yeah. what avenue did you go down so i tested myself so okay. as a dietitian we can't order lab testing and okay. so i did it all through myself and we do all of our own clients testing too we mm-hmm. do all the testing for them and set that up because it really is important that You're getting the testing that's going to answer the questions that you're trying to answer, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can go in and just get like a hormone panel done. But a lot of times what I see happen is that the doctor the nurse who sets it up doesn't tell you when you should get the testing done. Mm -hmm. And our hormones are changing all throughout the month. So if you don't know the phase as to when you're getting your hormones tested, Mm -hmm. you're not going to find the right levels. Like, say, for example, the PCOS, generally women have low progesterone levels. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're trying to identify that and you go in when you're just done with your period, Mm -hmm. you're not going to there's not going to be any progesterone that shows up. And it's not because of the PCOS, but it's because you're in the wrong phase of your cycle. Okay. so we want to know, Okay, what do your hormone levels look like? What do your progesterone levels look like, for example, when you're in the phase where you should be making progesterone? Mm -hmm. Because if we see that you're in that phase and your progesterone levels are low, then we know that there is some type of hormonal imbalance at play. All right. So
1: let's apply this a little bit more because I'm all about that. You know, a note to self is figuring out how how people in the audience can take this information and apply it to their daily life. So when we're talking about hormonal imbalances. I know they're not all the same, obviously, PCOS, It's different than other things. But I'm assuming that there are some tools that kind of across the board could help in terms of regulating your hormones. Can you give me some examples of those tools?
0: Yeah, there's definitely some crossover and all of our endocrine system is connected. Endocrine Mm -hmm. meaning hormone. It's basically just the fancy medical term for hormones, right? So all of our hormone system is connected. So even things like hormones that we make in our gut, our gut even makes hormones, right? Mm -hmm. Even those influence things like our sex hormones and our adrenal hormones influence our thyroid hormones. So Mm -hmm. we have over 50 different hormones in the body that are coming from a bunch of different glands and tissues. And they're all interconnected. So, for example, one tool that we talk about a lot with PCOS is the importance of balanced blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And for PCOS in particular, this is really important because when your blood sugar is in a really healthy range after you eat, it requires less insulin release. Mm -hmm. And the more we can lower insulin, the more that we can improve things like acne. We can lower those androgens that are causing the irregular cycles. So that's a really important tool for a lot of women that have PCOS. Mm -hmm. But it's also a really important tool for women that have things like amenorrhea or that have issues like just high cortisol levels. Because another thing that happens when our blood sugar is really low or is imbalanced is Mm -hmm. that our body releases more stress hormones Mm -hmm. to be able to get that sugar level back up Mm -hmm. because our body wants to try to maintain this like normal level of sugar in our bloodstream, right? Yeah. So our body has a mechanism to do that. So not only is improving blood sugar going to help with things like cycle regularity and your skin when you have Mm -hmm. PCOS, It's also going to help for women that just are dealing with really high stress levels, really high cortisol levels that Mm -hmm. might be impacting their mood or might be impacting their skin. You know, some women, that's what drives their acne is just high cortisol levels, not the high androgens. Yeah. I took a test.
1: I I had a skincare company send me a hormone test. Yeah. It was just as as it relates to skincare. Mm -hmm. And it was like the spit test Mm -hmm. in the morning, you know, afternoon, whatever. And they sent me back my graph of things and it was a very aesthetic brand so it was very the graph was pretty small like it wasn't graphing like crazy numbers Mm -hmm. or anything and I was looking at all the little dots that fell into the normal range and I saw the cortisol level and the dot was nowhere near in the range not only not in the range but it was like all the way at the edge of the graph and they were like we actually like on our cute little graph couldn't really like graph yours. (laughs) So we need to like figure that out. Maybe like that's something you need to figure out separately. It was in the morning. I know your cortisol spikes in the morning, but I think I just I'm very I have a lot of anxiety, you know, things I've dealt with that in my life. So it's very fight or flight all the time. And I know that that cortisol has a lot to do probably with the hormone imbalances that I'm experiencing. And now I'm trying to live a life to decrease my cortisol literally that's all I do in my <laughs> life is I'm just like is that is that experience going to increase cortisol or is it going to help me down to like my friends get so bad at me because I don't like playing like let's say any kind of like even like light drinking game you know what I mean because I'm like if I have to think for one second more I'm going to lose my mind I'm going to get stressed out about this <laughs> I'm going to be so serious I'm not going to do it my friends and I will play like my friends will ask would you rather questions I had some friends on a couple weeks ago doing that and I physically can't answer them. They're like, you don't actually have to do it. Like you just answer the question for fun. And I'm like, it stresses me out. <laughs> like, I don't want any cortisol. Getting a cortisol response. I'm like getting a cortisol. <laughs> my, my palms are sweaty. Like I'm not doing this. So my whole life is about that cortisol now and also regulating the blood sugar. Is there any tools you can give us for blood sugar regulation just throughout your day that might be simple that you might practice? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, cortisol is, is a big is a big thing yeah. <laughs> and uh, generally a lot of it is personality driven too mm-hmm. and you mentioned like you know if you've ever experienced like trauma in your life at one mm-hmm. point then that impacts your nervous system and yeah. that can impact your cortisol levels you're not even in, in control of it it's like subconsciously happening right mm-hmm. but also things like your personality if you're more like type a more kind of driven mm-hmm. high strung generally you have a higher cortisol level if you're using something like an aura ring you've probably seen that reflected in things like a lower hrv okay because those two are correlated with one another i definitely <laughs>
1: have a really low hrv yeah
0: also growing up i am the firstborn so i'm
1: like very i was very very type a very mm-hmm. organized but i'm also from a military family so it was a lot of moving around a lot of chaos and then sending my dad off to yeah. god knows where and i think that at the time i didn't realize maybe it did affect the way that i think about life because like now when I love something or someone, my boyfriend, for example, I'm the first one to be like, when he leaves the house, I'm like, don't, I think he's going to die. Yeah. Like, and I think that there's something there that yeah. I'm like, you need to go to therapy yeah. for this specifically. But it puts you in a, in a zone of like, this could always be the last, or this could always be the last, mm-hmm. or like, let's really like, it gives good perspective for some things. Like you really do have perspective on some important things in life or whatever. But I do think it puts me in a level of fight or flight that I'm like, I probably need to address. But that's interesting that you say that it can be personality driven. And I don't think I've ever experienced right. true, like a really serious one specific trauma. But over time, I think that that could probably really weigh on you subconsciously. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So if we have people dealing with this, mm-hmm. let's let's first talk about the blood sugar yeah. regulations. Is there things that you
0: use day to day that help you regulate your blood sugar? Yeah. So a couple of really great tools is one, just the frequency of how you eat. And Mm -hmm. so it's really important that when we're eating, we have a pretty regulated schedule to our eating patterns. We know that we have clocks, literally, like think of it as a little ticking clock, Mm -hmm. all over every organ in our body. And our ovaries are also one that has a clock. Okay. And so it's really important that we're eating on a pretty like regular schedule throughout the day. You don't need to be militant about it, but just having some semblance of structure to your eating patterns is really important for blood sugar regulation. So I do stick to a pretty regular schedule with that. I always eat four times per day, rain or shine, regardless Mm -hmm. if like I need to in the middle of the day or not. And I think that's something important that I see with a lot of clients we work with is that a lot of women, they get super busy in the middle of the day or they're like, okay, I had a good lunch and I'm going to have a good dinner. I don't Mm -hmm. need to have anything in between. But if you think about how extended of a time period that is there, generally that's like 12 to seven, that's seven hours it only takes about four hours to fully digest a meal. So I would say that about four o'clock when a lot of women are experiencing that midday crash mm-hmm. is because you're in a hypoglycemic state. You're low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And not only does that then create more of this blood sugar roller coaster because your body then like super compensates to get your blood sugar levels back up. Mm-hmm. It also is going to dysregulate your blood sugar at your next meal, which is dinner, which for most people mm-hmm. is like their largest meal of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important that we are having, I think, four meals or like three meals and a snack yeah. that are all really well balanced. Okay. The balance of your meal is also incredibly important. So we talk about balance and what that really means is that you have the right ratio of different macronutrients all present. So we know, for example, that when you eat a higher protein and higher fat meal, not only does it secrete certain hormones in our gut that help with absorbing more of that protein from that meal, which is really important, mm-hmm. it also helps to be able to lower the insulin response from that meal. Okay. So if you were to have a meal, say you were, or say it's a snack, say so you have like an apple and you have an apple just by itself, you might get a blood sugar spike to about 140. Mm-hmm. But if you have an apple paired with a couple of eggs that have yolk in them. Now you're getting protein and fat with the eggs. Mm -hmm. Your blood sugar spike is only going to come up to, let's say, 100. So it blunts that big response that you get. And that in turn helps stabilize your blood sugar throughout the course of the day. Okay. So just how you pair those meals together is really important. Some other things that I like to do, just depending on what I'm having too, is like you can do digestive bitters before meals. Digestive bitters are just essentially a tincture that has bitter foods in it, or you can eat something really bitter before a meal like lemon peel or artichoke, grapefruit. They help to be able to stimulate that bile that also helps to be able to lower that blood sugar response from the meal. Like a, like a, maybe
1: like a, Warm lemon water, something that has uh-huh. a lot of lemon in it. I feel yeah. like I've seen that when it comes to the bitters, because I actually saw this on TikTok last <laughs> night. I saw someone talking about the organic Olivia bitters.
0: Uh-huh. Are those the one that you use or do you use something different? Yeah, I do love Organic Olivia and I do have her gluco bitters. Yeah, so those are a great option. You can also like buy regular bitters too. The Organic Olivia ones have apple cider vinegar in them as Mm -hmm. well. And apple cider vinegar, the acetic acid that's in there that's in vinegar also has blood sugar lowering properties too. Okay. So you are getting a little bit of bang for your buck. But you can do these things at home as well. You can pair like an arugula salad before your meal. Arugula is extremely bitter in nature. Mm-hmm. And you could have a little bit of some apple cider vinegar dressing on top of it, right? Okay. That would essentially be the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. just in food form rather than in bitter form. Yeah. So, so I like that you're talking about this. Yeah.
1: In terms of, like you said in the very beginning, food being the true medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it can be so simple you to be consistent with it is the thing I assume. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think we have to change the way that we look at food, you Mm -hmm. know, because so much of our current day to day, like daily uh, culture, I would say is focused on like, what is the quickest way to suppress my hunger? Yeah. What's going to get me to the end goal as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking about something like adding in bitters before your meal, That's not really always a quick option, right? Like it's something you have to add into what you're doing. think about it. Yeah, you you have to think about it. So you know, and, I, and I'm all about functionality. So mm-hmm. that's really like what I think is so important is that people don't feel like they have to forego all of their routines and their daily life outside of their health mm-hmm. to be able to improve their health, right? There yeah. is a way that you can strike a balance between both of them. Mm-hmm. It's just finding ways that work for your lifestyle. And that's where like individualization comes in because yeah. we're able to say, okay, this is where your challenges are. And how do we find solutions to that so that you can still get all of these amazing benefits. Note to Self is brought to
1: you by Squarespace. So if you're living under a rock, basically Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. They make everything so, so easy. When I had my little foray into fashion and I had a fashion line called Full Disclosure, I was straight to Squarespace because I think there's just no better way and no quicker, easier way to make a website than on Squarespace. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place exactly how you want it. With Squarespace, you can start an online store, you can sell your products in your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Squarespace also allows you to have extensions that you can connect to your store to vetted third-party tools to extend the functionality of your website, which you can get really creative with. And this is one of my favorite parts of Squarespace. They also allow you to set up email campaigns. You can drive sales and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns, easily collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. Introduce your brand to new subscribers with welcome emails, announce an upcoming sale, or send your top customers a discount code. Also, they have built-in analytics for this to measure the impact of every send. Point is, for me, Squarespace really is an all-in-one place that makes it easy. Like, there's so much about running a business that is so granular and difficult sometimes. Squarespace is an absolute godsend. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash note to self to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Woo More Play. Now, y'all know I love Woo More Play. I have been talking about Woo for a very long time. It's an essential in my, do I call it a sex routine? <laughs> a sex plan? <laughs> I don't know. But I absolutely love Woo. Woo. So Wu was a female owned and led company helping women feel more confident in their intimate lives. I'm such a fan of this community because I love that it brings together women who really prioritize the sexual experience. And we have the power to remove the stigma around women's pleasure so much when it comes to talking about sex openly and also talking about products that we use during sex openly. And I get really specific with that one. So if you've listened to Note to Self for a while, you know that Woomore Play is my favorite all-natural sexual wellness brand that uses only good-for-you ingredients. And I have a very exciting announcement for you guys. Woomore Play is launching an equity crowdfunding campaign, which means that you can become an owner of Woo. This means you'll have the opportunity to invest in Woomore Play for as little as $250 and receive incredible perks. For example, you'll have a free annual subscription, an opportunity to help design Woo's next product. A dinner with the founding team, yes, with Lauren Bostick of The Skinny Confidential and Michael Bostick of our very own Dear Media, and so much more. By investing in Woo, you'd be helping us close the orgasm gap by making incredible sexual wellness products available for all, impacting sex lives for the better. Plus, you'd be the owner of a sex company, and how cool is that? Is that my dream? I think it is. So head over to startengine.com slash offering slash play to learn more. I also like the idea like you're talking about kind of switching things around in small ways or adding something mm-hmm. rather than saying you cannot have this, you cannot have this, you cannot have this. It's like, yeah. okay, let's be moderate. But if you're gonna have something, I follow a guy, I talk about him every single time. Someone's gonna come at me for this because <laughs> I talk about him every freaking episode he comes up. I follow a guy on TikTok. His handle is at insulin resistant one. And he just wears a glucose monitor, tries different foods, tries foods in different orders, mm. did the apple cider vinegar thing, which sold me on it. So now I have little apple cider vinegar shots just in my fridge. If mm-hmm. I'm going to eat something like that I know is going to be sugar heavy or if I'm going to drink anything. Mm-hmm. I typically will have that before I do that just to like help a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's these small incremental changes. And instead of saying you can't do as many things as you want to do, it's just maybe being moderate about it and then adding these things in that are just going to help support your body when you do decide to like eat pizza, eat cake, eat, eat something with a lot of carbs in it. There's things that you can do to help yourself out, though you might not want to do it. You know, all the time.
0: Yeah. And the more that we focus on inclusion, the more that those bad behaviors get excluded. Like Mm -hmm. there's no room for them. Yeah. Right. Or we feel so good from the things that we're adding in that Mm -hmm. we just end up subtracting. Yeah. So why mess with our psychology and Mm -hmm. be in this like negative Nancy mindset where we're always focusing on exclusion when we could just focus on like empowerment of how can we add things in that are really awesome for us? Mm -hmm. And then all of the things we shouldn't be doing kind of fall.
1: Yeah, I think it's that's an important way to look at it, too, because for me, when it comes to taking care of my health, I'm not a person that's driven by aesthetics as much as like my job is to be aesthetic. And I love my makeup and I love but I'm not going to not eat something because of what it's going to do to the way my body looks. But when I started thinking more about how my body feels about my, you know, my hormones, with fertility coming up here being like something that I'm looking more into just my day to day, how I feel. And then knowing more information about insulin resistance, for example, that makes me more likely to do less of the things that are bad for me than it is like talking about it in like a diet culture kind of mindset, because that never it's just not my thing. Like, I just don't care enough. Like, I noticed that about myself. I don't care enough. I love the way things taste more than that. But I don't love the way things taste more than my general overall health and like my ability to show up at work and like have a conversation clearly, because sometimes I just can't even do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to certain times of the day or whatever, without copious amounts of caffeine. <laughs> so it's I'm really Not great for your you. cortisol. Not great for your cortisol. I'm like Celsius, like ch- like I'm shot getting Celsius at this point. I'm doing my coffee every morning. Like it's a lot. So I'm actually trying to wean off of that as well. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about, let's say the timing of the meals, the composition of the meals, things like having bitters before maybe doing the arugula salad. What else would you say helps, let's say the blood sugar side of things? What is another tool with PCOS? we talked about weight training. That's Mm -hmm. another thing that we talked about. Let's get into that because I love to talk about weight training. Mm -hmm.
0: It's my favorite topic. Why is weight training so helpful for hormone regulation? Yeah. I am a huge fan of weight training. And my husband and I actually created a hormone-specific weight training program for women because it Truly changed my life. And mm-hmm. I, so many people were asking me, like, how do you structure this, mm-hmm. right? To be able to get all the benefits without any of the harm. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's so challenging for a lot of people to wrap their head around is that weight training is good for you, but anything in excess is not good for you. Yeah. Right. And so like my story with it was that I was just overdoing it. Like I was weight training five days per week because mm-hmm. I was like, I love the feeling of feeling strong. Like I came from mm-hmm. a gymnastics background. So yeah. I've been weightlifting since I was like seven years old. Well, that's also know? like militant. You <laughs> yes, know what I mean? Yeah. is extremely yes. militant. That's also probably
1: another cortisol <laughs> spiker. Also, the coaches are evil. My coach was evil. Yes. I was like, yeah, seven. And he's like, saying the most ruthless things to a seven-year-old girl. When I look back at it, I'm just like, there actually are some Yelp reviews that I read of that gym of like, wh- you know, girls who were in lower levels who were just coming to have fun. Yeah. And the moms were like, what the fuck <laughs> is to my daughter? <laughs> Insane. So yeah, gymnastics <laughs> is a lot. And I think that it obviously, like when you train like an athlete when you're young, I think that that can kind of, it sets the stage for how you train later. Because I had that feeling where I wanted to be Exhausted. I wanted to be physically just like so drained. And all that did for me was make me nervous that I wasn't working out enough. Because again, I'm not going to the gym if I don't have to. So I'm just stressed about not working out. And then when I did work out, it was pretty high intensity, or I was trying to weight train the shit out of myself. And all I noticed was some level of aesthetic, I guess, improvement, quote unquote. But I was also so swollen and inflamed that it didn't matter if I was aesthetically improving, because you couldn't tell because I was just so stressed all the time. My face, my body, everything. And then when I started weight training in a specific way with a female trainer Mm -hmm. who knew my body, who knew my goals, I worked out two to maybe three times a week weight training, lifting heavier weights. And it was a very, it was a systematic approach, Mm -hmm. which I'm I'm sure y'all do too. I looked great. I wasn't swollen at all. Everything
0: was, my life was so relaxed. So why is that? Yeah. In your opinion. Well, you have to find the right balance because weight training and really any type of moderate to high intensity exercise is a stressor on the body. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to get a cortisol, a stress response from that exercise. That's how your muscle adapts. That's how your cardiorespiratory system adapts and you get stronger and you get fitter. Mm -hmm. But cortisol in short term is good for us. It's how our body adapts. It's how we become stronger. But in chronic, that's where it becomes an issue. And it takes about 24, 48 hours for you to really bring down that full cortisol response and help your muscle tissue recover. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing strength training workouts back to back to back, You are just chronically elevating those cortisol levels. And that's Mm -hmm. what's going to cause all that fluid retention. Sometimes it makes Mm -hmm. it really challenging for women to even see like fat loss happen because their body's in a stress state. It's not in a burning state. Our body can't do both at the same time, it can't run and burn at the Mm -hmm. same time, right? So there really is this fine balance, but it's so essential because our muscle accounts for about 75% of our glucose disposal. So what that basically means is that the more muscle we have, the better we're able to control our blood sugar. And that's one of the reasons why if you've ever seen like the extreme of that, which is like male bodybuilders, yeah. they've got all this muscle mass. And if you've ever seen what they eat, mm-hmm. they eat a whole lot of pasta and rice and gummy worms Yeah, because those are all I've glucose. seen the gummy worms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And they still stay extremely lean, right? Mm-hmm. And muscular because they have so much muscle mass. Mm-hmm. So muscle is incredibly important as an organ to be able to help with our blood sugar response and that insulin response. And so when we strength train, not only are we stimulating our muscle tissue, mm-hmm. hopefully we're also building or sustaining our muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. And as women, you are always in a catabolic state when there's elevated progesterone levels. Mm-hmm. So you've got in the second half of your cycle, for example, your body's wanting to break down muscle. It's not wanting to build muscle. Mm-hmm. And then really once we're age 30 and above, mm-hmm. our body again is in a catabolic state for the rest of our life where our body is constantly wanting to break Great. down. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yeah, we're constantly wanting to lose but you're already doing so much right because you're yeah. already strength training mm-hmm. and that's what's so important is that you're working against gravity right yeah, you're yeah. working against like what's naturally happening physiologically in your body mm-hmm. and that's what's going to help to be able to like keep your blood sugar levels nice and healthy keep your insulin levels in a healthy mm-hmm. range so you stay insulin sensitive. Mm-hmm. And if that insulin level is sensitive, then we're going to see improvements to things like those androgen hormones. You're going to see improvements to your appetite hormones as well. Mm-hmm. And then as long as we don't overdo it, then we can make sure that we're keeping our cortisol levels within a healthy range too.
1: Yeah. See, I like this theory because moving on from the diet of it all, when we yeah. talked about how you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to be so militant. Just like make it, just make smart changes this gives me an excuse to not have to work out so much and feel great about it. I'm like, this is actually way better for me when I don't work out. I love this this lifestyle. Can you give us an example of what's in your, like, don't tell us obviously the whole thing, but like what approach do you have to fitness that you, you know, your plan that you give out to people, which mm-hmm. I'm going to be coming onto your website very soon <laughs> because I feel like I like the way that not only you break everything down. To where it's easy to understand, but you seem very straightforward about it all. It's just like, let's get to the answer, mm-hmm. which is obviously the goal. I think that there's a lot of information out there that it's just so much easier when someone can distill it down and then explain it to you scientifically and they be like, okay, this is how you apply that. Yeah. So when it comes to working out, what's your ideal structure for someone obviously it can't be every single person because not everyone's the same, but let's give like a basic ideal structure for working out for someone who has PCOS, for example.
0: Totally. So what we recommend is that you're doing two to three days of full body resistance training. Mm-hmm. There are resistance training workouts you can do that are upper lower splits that some people might be doing where you're doing like an upper body day, a lower body day. And those are great if you're trying to hypertrophy the muscle, like you're trying to make your glutes bigger, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to make your biceps stronger. But from a hormonal response, we know from the research that Mm -hmm. full body workouts where it includes both upper body and lower body, Mm -hmm. and it includes compound movements, is really where you get the best hormonal response. Uh So compound movements means that there's multiple joints that are integrated. So if you think of something like a squat, you've got your ankle joint, you've got your knee joint, your Mm -hmm. hip joint that are all involved in that movement versus something like a leg raise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only your knee joint that's involved. Yeah. So, you're going to get a better hormonal response when you're doing things like squats, deadlifts, pull ups, push ups. Mm-hmm. And we really try to emphasize the importance of using your own body weight as the first level of resistance and then adding on additional resistance. As you need it. Right. Yeah. But body weight, especially coming from being a former gymnast, like mm-hmm. I have never stopped doing pull ups. Oh I always have pull ups in so <laughs> long.
1: I, actually, my trainer was trying to get me to do push ups and she was getting me to do push ups recently. And I was just so she I'm, I'm only working out in front of myself, really, and yeah. her. And I'm like, I am so embarrassed to myself, but like I can barely do a push up anymore. It's scary. It's really scary how much my muscle has just like completely deteriorated. So I think body weight is something that people overlook when it comes to working out, because I think it seems like you're not doing much, but like a pull up, like try to do a pull up. Anyone try to do a pull up. It is so hard. It is so like back when I was like young, I'm doing the presidential fitness challenge. I'm like winning, winning the boys, winning the girls. And now I can barely I have to do a banded like assisted pull up. There's yeah. no way. You're superhuman.
0: <laughs> you got to keep doing it. Once you mm-hmm. stop, it's like you forget how to do it, mm-hmm. right? But your um, body forgets. Like, I don't, I'm not
1: hollow anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to do a push-up and my whole, like, my my hips are on the ground. I'm like, abs? <laughs> like, what's happening here? Engage yeah, what, the hell? <laughs> what is happening?
0: Yeah, I hear you. no, I mean, body weight, especially for upper body for women, is so critical to start there. Because mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how long you could stay there and still get so much benefit yeah. out of those movements. But we also stress the importance of having some respiratory fitness in there. Mm-hmm. And if someone is like, I can only work out three days per week, that's the maximum I can do, or that's what my body can tolerate, mm-hmm. then focus on resistance training. That's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. But okay. if you want to, you're able to exercise more, then we incorporate something that's called zone two aerobic fitness. Mm-hmm. And essentially it is the highest point where your body is burning fat as energy before your body uh, switches over to burning carbohydrate for energy. Mm-hmm. Once that switch happens, that's really where you start to see a cortisol response. Okay. So what we want to get away from with those more respiratory type workouts where it's things like, being on a bike or running Mm -hmm. is not going at your maximum effort Mm -hmm. because that's where that big cortisol response happens. And because those workouts are extended, you're running for like 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a huge cortisol response. Mm -hmm. And you're not getting as much of what we call the mitochondrial benefits. Mm -hmm. And those mitochondria are really important when it comes to our hormonal function. Okay. So when you're talking about zone two,
1: would that be like maybe like a quick pace walk? An incline walk or something like that, maybe Mm
0: -hmm. a hike? It could be, yeah. So I usually do mine on a treadmill with an incline, Mm -hmm. and I'll do that for continuous, like, 45 minutes. But you could do it on a bike. Uh, You just have to be at a continuous heart rate. Generally, for most women, it depends on your fitness level and your age, but it's Mm -hmm. somewhere around, like, 130 to 140 beats per minute. Okay. So you should be able to... Keep your lips pierced. Breathe fully through your nose when you're doing them, Mm -hmm. and you should be able to hold a conversation. So you shouldn't feel like you're doing a Peloton workout and you're like balls to the wall, just surfing and sweat. So it's like essentially a
1: an intentional hot girl walk.
0: Yes, (laughs) very intentional. The hot girls were like
1: onto the women have been walking. I mean, like we have been promenading around hot girl walking for so long, and I get it now. Like I was doing the strength training for twice a week, and then I just get out and do. I have a puppy, so like she always needs to be walked, and she walks. She likes to like run kind of. So I walk quickly with her in the morning quickly for a while is what I mean. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that has been the most helpful for me. I have fallen off, admittedly fallen off the strength training grind because I don't have access to a gym right now. But I am so excited to get started. I'm going to move next month and be I'll have access to the gym. So I'm so excited to like get all that stuff together because I just know how good it makes me feel. And I was a person prior to this who was working out for aesthetic reasons that I'd be like, Shut the fuck up when someone was like, I love how it makes me feel. But I totally get it now. Cause it it genuinely has helped my life so much. That's why I will not ever shut up about it. So also another piece I'm assuming moving on from we've got diet, we've got exercise. I'm assuming sleep has a lot to do with the hormone regulation too. I recently lost my aura ring, so I'm not tracking it anymore. <laughs> but I have been really focusing on sleep now. And I'm also seeing a lot of things about how women need to have like the eight-hour sleep schedule was actually developed by studies that were focused on men. Of course. Why don't we think of that? <laughs> like we've been excluded from everything. Why did I not think? And I'm seeing that women, you can you can debunk this if you want. I guess it's different for everyone, but women actually need more sleep on average mm-hmm. than men do. Can you kind of explain the role that sleep plays in
0: this? And maybe yeah. some we'll give some little tips to end on sleep. Yeah sleep is so important. And we even know from the research that women that have disrupted circadian rhythms, so women that like work night shifts, for example, which Mm -hmm. we work a lot of nurses. And unfortunately, that's a very common nursing schedule that that can cause hormonal disruption. Mm -hmm. And it can cause issues with blood sugar, for example, because even though you're sleeping adequately, your sleep cycle is not with the sun. And that's where the sun and the circadian rhythm is so integrated with those clocks, like I'm talking about with your ovaries. But we also make hormones when we sleep. So If you ever look at like a hormone clock of when hormones are being made, they're Mm -hmm. happening all throughout the day. But our growth hormone, which is a really important hormone for recovery and helping make adequate testosterone and estrogen levels, it starts getting released around 11 p.m. So Mm -hmm. if we're staying up, till midnight, 1 a.m. past mm-hmm. that, we're missing out on some of that growth hormone release mm. that's so critical to our overall hormone function. Because remember that all of our hormones are interconnected. Mm-hmm. We also know that even things like time change. So if you go from like the West Coast to the East Coast, that's a lot harder on the body than going East to West. Mm-hmm. And even just that time difference, that can also cause you to have an anovulatory cycle, or mm-hmm. it can even cause... Cycle irregularities. And so Ugh. anyone that like travels a lot, maybe for work, for lifestyle, yeah. you may have experienced that before where your period is irregular in the time frames where you're traveling around ovulation.
1: Okay. Got it. And so with when it comes to sleep, are we looking at deep sleep when it comes to hormones? Is it deep sleep? Is it REM? Is it literally all of it? Is it the time you go to sleep? This seems to be like a very sensitive. It's such a sensitive system. Yeah. You know it, what I mean?
0: It really is. And it really is all of it. It's the length of sleep, but it's the quality of sleep because mm-hmm. you could You could sleep for eight hours every night, but if you're not getting adequate deep and REM sleep, Mm -hmm. you're not getting that hormonal and that restorative response. So you do want to make sure that you are getting adequate levels there. Don't stress yourself out about it. Like if you're looking at your aura data and you're like, I'm not in the green where they say I should be, you know see if there's any things that you can identify that are causing that to happen. Like, mm-hmm. are you having caffeine in the afternoon? That mm-hmm. can be a big problem for getting adequate deep sleep. Wine at night. Yeah. Wine and alcohol yeah. is one of the biggest. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I, yeah. You
1: could not. I mean, don't look at your O-ring after you drink. <laughs> do Just not. don't do yes. it. It's like it will make you more stressed than you need <laughs> yeah. to be. And that will also not help.
0: Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, really important, too, because I think that all of these like new health tracking measures like Mm Aura Ring are really great for women because we can see a lot of data like indoor cycle and things of that sort. But if you are someone that's already very type A, it may actually create more anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I think that that also could create harm because then you're getting a cortisol (laughs) response. So we have to take it all with a grain of salt and Mm -hmm. really just compare our own data to our own data and say like, okay, what are the things that I did differently that really helped to be able to improve my sleep quality? Mm -hmm. How can I rinse and repeat and do that more often? Okay, so let's hear your nighttime
1: routine, your hormone balancing nighttime routine, ideally, you know, an, an ideal situation.
0: It's extended. My husband makes fun of me because he's like, it keeps getting longer and longer as you get older. (laughs) You're
1: like, I mean, we're getting older. We got to figure this out. Yeah. I
0: I just, I dealt with sleep issues for so many years of my life where I would just like lay there in bed Mm -hmm. thinking of a million things because of my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I, that's like the worst thing ever when you're laying in bed and you can't fall asleep at night. So I found the routine that helps achieve like a one minute sleep latency time, which basically means you're falling asleep immediately. Yeah. And so I'm sticking to it through and through. Okay. Um, but it generally always starts with your sauna or a hot bath. And the reason why I do heat exposure is because heat exposure is not only helpful for detoxification of things like endocrine disrupting chemicals that impact hormone signaling in our body, but it also has been shown to help with increasing melatonin production. If you do it in about an hour to two hours before bed. Mm -hmm. So I do either hot bath or sauna. Then after that, kind of cool down, let my body temperature come back to baseline. Sometimes I'll take like a cool-ish shower so that I can bring my core body temperature back down because we don't want to be asleep going to sleep when our body temperature is hot, right? So you do need to get it back um, into alignment. But generally, we'll do heat exposure, then cool my body temperature back down. I don't really take any sleep support supplements at this point. I used to rely on a lot of like herbs and um, melatonin and things of that sort. But once I started really getting consistent with like going to bed at the same time, Starting with the heat exposure, Mm -hmm. I always then read or journal, maybe sometimes both, Mm -hmm. so that I can relax my nervous system and kind of, I call it like brain dumping, right? But especially for individuals that are more anxiety prone, I definitely am. I need to get those thoughts out of my head because mm-hmm. I feel anxious that I'm going to forget the thoughts I have. I'm like, feel that. oh my gosh, I have all these things to do tomorrow. Like, what if I forget that mm-hmm. I have this thing to do? And
1: it's the end of the world if I forget. Yes. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just
0: like dump it on the piece of paper next to my bed. And mm-hmm. I never even reference this. Like every once in a while I will, but yeah. just dump it on the piece of paper. And that way it's out of my head. And it calms down my anxiety so much because mm-hmm. I know that okay, I'm not going to forget it. I wrote it down. There's nothing to worry about Mm -hmm. and I can move forward. So I always read journal and then we also, this is like the best investment we ever made. It was actually a gift. But mm-hmm. if anyone's looking for a really great sleep investment, mm-hmm. we have a sleep eight, which is like a sleep topper yes, that has a cooling system in it.
1: I knew you're going to say this. I've heard so much about it.
0: It's a game changer. Okay. Like, but the one thing is if you travel a lot, don't do it because mm-hmm. it will make it that much harder for you to sleep in a hotel. no. OK, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: OK, <laughs> never mind. I won't do a foray on that it one. It definitely
0: yeah. coddles you for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's so good. Okay. It's like the perfect temperature. You can adjust it. You can heat it. You can cool it, whatever you want. And it's a, like it goes, it's like a mattress topper. It's, yeah, it's a mattress topper. You don't even feel it. And then Mm -hmm. it has a unit that it's attached to. And you basically fill the unit with water one time. Mm -hmm. And then you turn it on from an app on your phone and the water shoots through the mattress topper the Mm -hmm. whole night you're sleeping. Okay. And you have dogs. Do the dogs sleep in your bed with you? No, they don't. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) Winnie, I can't get her out of it. I'm like, the second I let her in the bed, I'm like, it's over. Because I also love, snuggling. Yes. I just visited my boyfriend and we both are like, well, our sex life has like taken a turn because the dog is in the middle of us. And he also has yeah. a dog. But when he has to be in the middle of us constantly. So it's hard to be like making things sexy with there's a literal puppy and yes. she's like crawling up. She gets closer and closer to the, pillow
0: throughout <laughs> the day. Like Sniffing your butt. So yeah, yeah. Literally, like so
1: <laughs> smart that you did that because I everyone said, don't let the dog on the furniture. Don't let the dog in the bed because now I can't get her out. Which is another sleep issue that I'm having sometimes. Yeah. Or is it a plus? I don't know. Maybe I fall asleep faster because I'm just like warm and cuddly with her. <laughs> okay. I was gonna ask how they liked it. If they like, can, if they go crazy or something when it's when it's going on. But if I guess if they're now, not on it. They they, really they lay
0: with us until like right before he falls. Okay. So they we have it on. You mm-hmm. know, because I'm like reading for like 20 minutes. They're there. Yeah. So they do cuddle with us. But when we had one dog, we did break that rule and mm-hmm. he did sleep with us. Well, now they can cuddle together. Now they can cuddle together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We let them sleep together and they are like each other's pillow and it's perfect. So and I don't cute. feel guilty about it because yeah. I know that they're like the one has the other. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I totally get it. But if you had like two sleeping together, it does make you feel a lot less that mom guilt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's really happening. But I'm just imagining the sleep ache going on or whatever it's called. Eight sleep, yes. And it's when he would be <laughs> having <laughs> a meltdown, I think. She's very overstimulated. She's like part Malinois. Okay, and it's coming out more and more every day, and I'm just like, this wasn't on purpose. I rescued her. <laughs> I was not told this is a Malinois, <laughs> and she is going to be so crazy. But I know you have
0: German short-haired pointers, yes. right? Yeah, I I feel like they're kind of crazy too sometimes. They're neuroses. Yes. We neuroses. are in dog training right now mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. the hardest thing I've ever done. I cry almost every time yeah. <laughs> because their attention span is like 0. 0.5 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: No, I get it. Also, those are like, are they like hunting dogs? They or are. Something? Yeah. Like they're they're easy to train when they're getting. Yes. When you get there. But I'm assuming yeah. the process is I'm going to have Winnie professionally trained. I you found should. a place to get her board and trained. Yeah. So I can like that. I can also split up into like, you know, instead of the full five weeks, I can do like two weeks here, a week here when I travel. And yeah. I'm just like, that's exactly what I need. I need a professional's assistance because I don't have the emotional capacity. Yeah. to train the dog.
0: It is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, I cried a lot initially. Yeah, <laughs> it's... that's me.
1: Like how is it's like frustrating, and you also want them to do well, and it's just like confusing,
0: and you feel bad. You you're feel like bad, my baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I hard. feel that.
1: Okay, so back <laughs> to the sleep. So you're you're you turn your sleep aid on. Yes. Okay, and then what's next? Fall asleep. Okay. Do you yeah. use mouth tape? Anything like that? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I do mouth tape. Not every night. Sometimes if my lips are really chapped. I don't
1: yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Or yeah. if I'm like slugging and I put like the mouth tape on, it just doesn't stick or whatever.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Because if you have, I use like Aquaphor right before I go to bed yeah, and it hard. doesn't work well with the mouth tape. Yeah, so yeah. some nights I trade not having chapped lips the next day. Yes.
1: My issue really is I am a mouth breather. Like yeah. I've, I have horrible sinuses Another health issue that I need to look into. Yeah. I need to go see someone about that. But if I don't use mouth tape now, if I I'll like breathe through my mouth and then I have the fan going because I want to be cold, and then it's the yeah. like, am I sick or did I just mouth breathe all night? It's just a whole process. So I'm yeah. trying to get
0: better, more religious with the mouth tape. Not sexy to go to sleep with. It's it's not no, mm-hmm. but it's really helpful and it does help with that nervous system function. So it helps with getting you into more of a parasympathetic state even throughout the day too. Yeah. So that when you're exercising or when you're just going about your day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. you know, when our breath is one of the biggest things that regulates our nervous system, right? You've probably heard before, like, just take a deep breath Mm and how much that relaxes you. So if we're always breathing through our mouth, it's really hard for us to be out of that fight or flight state. It's going to drive us more into that high cortisol Mm -hmm. stress response. I'm
1: definitely trying to teach myself more to breathe through my nose in general. Mm -hmm. But I think helping, I think sleeping with a mouth tape has been helpful because it's just a kind of an easy way to train myself because I'm not even like Contest for it. Really? Totally. You know what I mean? So, okay, we've got the sleep schedule. Let's go through real quickly, just to end here, your morning routine for like optimal hormone health throughout
0: the day. Yeah. Set yourself off. So I mentioned the importance of light, and we know that the pineal gland, which is located right behind your eye your eyes, that's what gets that light exposure, which then sets the tone for your circadian rhythm throughout the day. So mm-hmm. it really is going to set the tone for your cortisol being made in the optimal levels in the morning time, mm-hmm. and then that then signaling to your brain 12 hours from then to shut down cortisol response and yes. to turn on melatonin. So. Okay. That is really critical. And as I mentioned, we have clocks in all of our organs. So we need to make sure that we're getting these like really clear messages of when there's light, when there shouldn't be light. Mm -hmm. So without a fail, every single morning, I go outside. It does help that I also have two very high energy need dogs. Yeah, so I forced. have to take them to the yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a choice. We go to the park every morning for 30 minutes to start okay. our day so I can get anything accomplished. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's the first thing I do every morning, like brush my teeth, head out the door within the first 5 minutes. Okay. And walk for 30 minutes. Get sunlight on my eyes mm-hmm. and just get some movement in. Really great for helping with blood sugar response too by getting that walking in. Mm-hmm. And then I come back, we'll have something white, and then I'll get my resistance training or my zone two workout in mm-hmm. and then eat a full meal and kind of get going for my day from there. Okay. You know, I've tried to get into routines of like, meditation and things of that sort in the morning time but truthfully it's just it's not a priority for me is is the easiest way i'd say it because Mm -hmm. if it was then i would make time for it (laughs) what is a priority is like going on a walk getting my dogs taken care of and Mm -hmm. working out so what's the bare that's
1: that's me i'm like what's the bare minimum i can do in order to get the response that i need and like what's the most important thing to me which is really my hormone regulation lately and getting my dog out because that's you're responsible for like a life. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> so and also it does affect you the rest of your day because then there'll be an absolute like right now I couldn't take Winnie on a walk this morning. I know when I get home she's going to be in it's going to be neuroses like yeah. I'm gonna have to like go outside and like let her run. You know what I mean? Yes. To get that energy. She's also like seven, she's about to be eight months old. OK. Yeah. So She's, she's still really young. Yeah. I will say once I got her spade though she chilled out like a lot. I'm like, this is the, that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> that's I know we key. haven't gone
0: our littlest ones made yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, she's a menace. She's crazy.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> so that's a great one. That's a doable morning routine for me when it comes to also like your take on caffeine. Do you drink coffee or anything like that? Or okay. When yeah, do you try I do. to, I know you're supposed to kind of wait until an hour after you wake up or something. Is that what you normally do? Or is, are you a coffee right? you know, first thing in the morning kind of person.
0: I'm not perfect with it, I will say. And I'm just like realistic about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's, A lot of people say like, no caffeine, don't drink caffeine. It's like the worst thing for your hormones, right? And I think that while it maybe doesn't help all the time, it's a very high hanging fruit. And there's Mm -hmm. like some bigger things that we can work on that are really going to improve your hormone regulation. Yeah. So I don't drink it first thing. I always drink water. I rehydrate. I go on a walk. And so there's at least a 30 minute break. Generally, it's closer to like an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And that's to allow my body to wake up on its own, right? So that I'm not dependent on the coffee. So I definitely always do that. But some days I do come back and I'll have coffee like right after Mm -hmm. I get back from my walk. And I always have it with something. So it's never like by itself. There's always something in my stomach, which is really important because coffee is really acidic. It's really hard in our stomach when we have it on an empty stomach. When we have it with food, too, it helps lower that cortisol response that you get from caffeine intake. Mm-hmm. So there are some benefits to having it with food, but it generally works out because I'm always going to work out right after. Yeah. So I like have the coffee. I mean, coffee in itself, caffeine is an erg- ergogenic aid, which yeah. means it increases performance. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at that piece of it, too, is like you are getting some benefit to your workout. Yeah. If you do have a little bit of caffeine, you just want to be smart about how much and then like what you're having it with.
1: Yeah. My boyfriend uses that as a pre-workout He's a pitcher. Okay. So when he goes, before he goes, he's like a whole game day thing. And yeah. before he goes on the mound in an actual game, he'll have a coffee like kind of close to when he's going to do that because he's like, it's honestly the best pre-workout. Just a black coffee. That's what he drinks. Yeah. So I started doing that. He does it in the morning before he works out, too. If he's like particularly like, training particularly hard that mm-hmm. day, not a pre-workout guy. He just loves, loves his coffee. Yeah. So I love that. So much that take. I also like there's I like your takes in general and everything because I feel like that's what note to self is about. I've done a full episode on morning routines and about how much I hate having to have a morning routine (laughs) and like doing a million things like I I know I'm not going to do it. And then I'm just going to be stressed about how I'm not doing it. So I like your take. It's your takes are really good for someone like me who needs to be more realistic and kind of minimal when it comes to things. And like you're saying, you know, work out less. (laughs) relax on the dieting stuff. Just add the things that you need to add to support yourself and make small incremental changes over time rather than doing a huge overhaul. Yeah. So I absolutely love this talk. I feel like I haven't really had anyone on to talk about hormone regulation yet. And that's a huge part of what I'm working on. So I'm glad I could have you on. Can you tell everyone where they can find you if they want to follow you?
0: Yeah. So my practice name is Functional Feeling. Website is functionalfeeling.com and then on Instagram at Functional.Fueling. And I also have an episode called Strength and Hormones, Mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about different hormone-related things and strength training and all of the good stuff that Mm -hmm. we chatted about today.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.